I want to let you know that um, recently I, I have been battling depression to the extent that I have gone to see my doctor and uh, I'm trying to align, align some counseling sessions. I'm working out physically. I'm, I'm praying. Um, life's hard. Um, and, and my point in sharing that is, is that if you were expecting to hear God's word or a message from a perfect person, that's not going to happen today. But more importantly, if, if you wait till you're fixed or you're worthy to be used by God, then that isn't going to happen either. The Bible's full of people who were flawed or by conventional standards unworthy of carrying God's purpose. And so I truly hope that God will use this deeply flawed human being before you to share something important. And I hope that in turn that God will take each of you and despite your flaws, use you to touch others. So I always try to think about what it is that I, I want to say. And um, as I just shared, uh, battling with some things, I, I thought most about what I needed to hear because I really don't think that most of us are that different. I think we all have the same struggles and feelings. Um, but I asked myself, what do I want in, in 2018? And in short, I want to have a better relationship with God. So I, I think back to my teenage years when I first asked Jesus to come into my heart. And for the purpose of this illustration, I kept imagining a literal small room for rent inside of my heart, an actual place where Jesus could live. I, I think too often we, we think of Jesus as, and God as up in the clouds and that if we close the door or close the blinds that He's isolated from what, what we do, what we say, um, which isn't really the case. Um, he, he's there with you all of the time. And so in this literal room, he and I would be somewhat of, of roommates together inside of this body. And so I've asked myself, how am I faring as a landlord and a roommate? See, I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life and to rule over me. But then in terms of my heart, I've given him just a very small place to live. Instead of a private, personal residence for him, I treat that room like a garage where I store extra boxes. His space seems to diminish as I allocate more and more of my heart to different things. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, instead of placing a focus on Jesus, I've allowed myself to be distracted with a variety of things. My priorities are cluttered, and so the boxes, they stack up. And Jesus sometimes gets shoved to a very small corner. I do not willfully toss him out on the street. That's not my, my purpose. I'm not trying to get rid of Jesus. But I isolate him to the point that I lose sight of him. He is behind a stack of magazines. The distractions moved. And this is why Jesus is the ultimate bro. Uh, because despite ignoring him, he will still help you move the boxes. On a Sunday, you just got to ask.
See, I don't know what's in your boxes. For some folks, it might be drugs, alcohol abuse, pornography. For some other folks, it may be seemingly mundane issues like fear or anxiety. Or it may simply be that you've become too focused on your phones, TV, other things, that to the extent we've not made room for Jesus. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask your roommate Jesus to help you move the boxes. Ask if you can borrow his truck. He will help you move the clutter. And he does not care how heavy the boxes are. He is strong enough to help you move whatever you might have. And let me not imply that this is a one-day job. This isn't strapping a couch to the back of your hatchback on a Sunday afternoon. This is potentially a long task where the two of you are carrying out boxes out to the curb over and over again. And don't be surprised if it seems like you've got to move the same box twice. Because while you aren't paying attention, Satan is trying to refill the clutter. But don't be discouraged in the process and do not, equa- do not question the steadfastness of Jesus to continue to help with this task. For each box moves, moved allows for more space for him to flourish there in that room in your heart. See, I cannot ask him to live in my heart and then make it an uncomfortable place for him to reside. And without belaboring this point, the first step is to clearly mark which boxes don't belong there. There are things there that you have been holding on to that you've found ways to justify in the past. I want you to ask Jesus, and he'll, he'll help you identify which boxes need to go, and you'll know he's right. Again, I come back to, to carrying Jesus with me as opposed to having him apart. I think when I, I think about him being with me in that moment, every sin that I take, every, every misstep, it, it, it's not hidden from him. I, I was thinking earlier um, about people going to confession, which there's two aspects of that. There's, you know, there's owning up to it, and then there's asking for the forgiveness. But he was there. The owning up to it part, he was there in the moment. He saw it when you did it. So do I need to tell him that? Again, there's the contrition act of it, so I, I'm, not, I'm not naysaying confession. I'm just saying that he's keenly aware when we misstep um, because we carry him with us. See, as a resident of my heart, Jesus is sort of a passenger in this mobile structure. He is subject to my shenanigans. Um, when I'm being silly, when I'm being um, good, when I'm being bad, he's, he's here with me. And I'm constantly having to make big decisions that affect my life. And once again, I've asked him to rule over my life, but far too often when faced with that decision, uh, with different decisions, I don't ask him for guidance. I'm sure sometimes I don't ask because I don't want his answer. Invariably, left to my own judgment, Um, I'll fill my heart back up with boxes. Other times I don't ask because I think, you know what, I've gotten this far. Surely I'm capable of making good decisions on my own. 
James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Free wisdom available for the asking. And I'm over, think, over here thinking, I can handle this alone. What if you did that with a spouse? You know, during the holidays, I, I see all these car commercials where the husband or wife has unknowingly bought the other a brand new Lexus or a Mercedes. Um, I'm confident that in the vast majority of homes, that would be a mistake. I, I know it would in my house. Um, that's not the sort of decision you make without consulting the other person. So why are we all trying to run our lives without praying about the impactful things that are going on? This is a relationship with Jesus, which means that we're talking openly and honestly in prayer. Uh, there's so many things that I'm facing all the time, and I, I, I think I'm... I think I'm facing far fewer than I, than I put in my head. But I'm constantly besieged by, by these thoughts. And so often, I, they, just, they just spin. Um, and, I, and I have to ask Jesus for, for guidance. I, I, more than once this week, I've just had to, to beg him for, for peace in, in my head so that I could rest. So uh, I want to tell you, if you're not having conversations with God to, to ask for, for what you need, do that. And, and know that Jesus doesn't offer points for, for grammar or syntax. Um, your ability to rhyme or, or speak with, with melody doesn't confer extra points. But if you have problems and you aren't telling Jesus plainly that you've got problems and need help and guidance... You need to be talking to him and telling him what you are feeling and, and where you need help. Again, as I said before, in terms of uh, you know, owning up to, to what's going wrong, you're, he knows what you're facing. But we have to ask for his help. And 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I'm not going to ask him to help me move more boxes in. I'm not going to ask for uh, things that distract away from him. Those, those prayers, they're, they're going to go unanswered. But when I ask him for, uh, to do his will in my life, then I'm going to get some traction. So we have Jesus living in this literal room inside of us. And, and we're trying to be a good roommate. We're talking to him regularly. Um, but there's one, more, there's one more aspect. And the next action is I want you to decorate the room that he's in. I want you to fill that room with cross stitches and posters featuring Bible verses. Put more plainly, I need you to read your Bible. Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Again, with that literal room, I want you to store up those Bible verses in your heart so that it's well decorated and that it's there and that you will rely on that 
um, rely on that input before you make your decisions. I hope everyone got one of the Bibles last week. Um, I think there's, we've, we've got some more now if you, if you were unable to, to get one. And I, I really like that format as it allows me to make daily progress on what otherwise would be uh, oftentimes an insurmountable goal. It's just one book, but um, I think a lot of us haven't made it all the way through it. Um, Psalm 119, 105, I, don't, I didn't give this one to Lance, I don't think. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light into my path. Um, I definitely need some light into my path on a lot of days. And so I said pray for wisdom, but don't ignore um, a very clear guide for wisdom that we have in the form of the Bible. So in short, what I'm saying is, is I need you to, to get rid of the boxes. I need you to remove the sin and other things stealing focus from God in your life and get a routine of honest, transparent prayer with God. And lastly, make time to read your Bible. And throughout of all of this, look for opportunities to love others. We know what Jesus said when, when asked what the greatest commandment was, is, is to love the Lord your God, your Father, with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. But to love your neighbor as yourself. So far, we've been talking about really taking care of yourself. Um, and I think that's the first step. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you can't love your neighbor as yourself effectively if you're not loving yourself. If you're not taking care of who you are, um, trying to love others is, 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 is not going to be real. And I think that's something that we, we strive for here. And I'm probably ahead of schedule, on, um, but that's okay. I was once told that nobody ever minds when the pastor finishes early. Um, but before I close, I want to make one final point. As we often do this time of year, we think about New Year's resolutions. We set goals like losing weight, eating right, stop smoking, do more of this or less of that, or in my case, get closer to God. But I find that New Year's resolutions are, are really tough to hold on to. And I think that's largely because we're trying to make change last for 365 days. And that's a really tall mountain to climb. Many, many people don't make it through February with their resolutions intact. And once they're defeated, they're forced to stand there like Cleveland Brown fans, exclaiming, there's always next year. And they have the expectation that we can try again the next time New Year's rolls around. But with this resolution of getting closer to God and moving boxes and praying and reading the Bible, um, I, I don't want you to lament on a lost day, a lost week, or a lost month. Tomorrow is a new day, and that should be the day you get back on track. Forget about New Year's resolutions and set a new day's resolution and focus on that day. If you fail today, Awake tomorrow and try again. Your time to grow it, it really um, and heal, it can't wait till next year. So start today and follow it tomorrow. Thank you. I'm going to let Lance come back up and kind of close us out in prayer.